Are listening to another episode of How to Rock Virtual Engagements, brought to you by Jabba.io. I'm your host, Alistair Davis. So why am I doing a podcast on virtual engagements? Well, effective virtual engagements can increase your quality of life and significantly improve your income. This has happened to me, and I want to share all these virtual tips and tricks from experts around the world with you. Hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to another episode of How to Rock Virtual Engagements. Today, I have Vicki O'Neill all the way from Ohio. She's the fractional CMO at KenK Marketing, and she worked in the corporate world for over 20 years in various industries and various marketing and sales roles. But she started KenK Marketing in 2011 as a side gig, and they're in full time in March 2018 after being let go from her corporate job. And she helps small business owners who struggle with growth by identifying the root cause. And if it's marketing, she creates a strategy that connects the dots between where they want to be or between where they are and where they want to go. Welcome on the show, Vicky. Thank you so much, Alistair. I appreciate you having me on your show. Excellent. So why did you only run, why have you given up half marathons? (laughs) Well, you know how most people will, you know, hit that goal and then they increase it and want to do more or go to a full marathon. Um, I just did not, I loved running, but the training part of it was not something that I actually enjoyed. So throughout the training, I actually started to not like running and decided that's just not, that's not my race. I need to back it up and do some shorter races. Okay. I feel you. I uh, also do short runs with my dog in the mountains. Uh, I could do like 10Ks and then that's, that's me. I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I decided that's going to be my longest race. That's more fun, <laughs> but not in the mountains. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you told me that you, you like running in the morning early when, before everybody's up. And that clears your yeah. mind. Yeah, I love it. That's, um, you know, some people find, try to find time during the day or they try to do it at night. And I learned a long time ago that in order to be consistent with my schedule and be able to work it in no matter what, mornings was the time to do it because that's when most people are still sleeping. And I actually like the mornings. It, it just energizes me. It's yeah. super quiet. I can stay focused. It's actually the time I can become most productive. And working out is just a great way to make that happen. Just start the day. Yeah, I agree. I'm a morning yeah. person. I, if I run in the morning, I call the mountain my boardroom because I'm a solopreneur and I don't have business partners or staff or anybody to talk to. So I have meetings with myself on the mountain and say, Alistair, what do you think? Yeah, that's a good idea. Hmm. And, I have the, <laughs> and I have the clearest thoughts. I find the clearest mo- thoughts in the morning and the clearest thoughts on a mountain. That's my kind of pro tip. <laughs> yeah, you've got a much more beautiful view than I do, I'm sure. <laughs> well, well, we don't know, but maybe, maybe. <laughs> I just get to see houses and neighborhoods. That's it. There's no mountains here. Uh, okay. So why did you start Ken K Marketing? Um, well, I started it back in the day, back in 2011, as you mentioned, as a way to just support some miscellaneous requests that I was getting, whether it was creating a, a logo or designing a website or brochures. There were some startup companies that were re- reaching out, just needed some of those initial like graphical pieces. Yep. And I had a network of people that I could outsource those to. 
And it kind of struck me as, hey, this is something I think I would like to do, you know, down the road. So I just went ahead and made it official and continued to do some side projects throughout the years. And most of my experience has been in the corporate world. So I've been in the corporate or I was in the corporate world for over 20 years. Sure. Loved it. I, you know, I'm very grateful for all of the experiences, all of the training. Um, it really did form my, you know, what I learned and how I could actually start my business. So when you work in big businesses, small businesses, you can take that and identify what worked and what didn't, and then how to make, you know, your own business work, what you like and, you know, to serve other people. So um, in 2018, March of that year, actually, I was let go from my last corporate job as an inside sales manager. Yeah. And we knew that it was coming because they had been acquired. And it was just, there were different signs that had kept presenting themselves to me. And I'm like, you know what? I think this is the time I need to go full time. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I decided to just go all in 100% on my business. and here I am two years later and I'm still doing it. You're still rocking. Yeah. Still making it happen. And you know, you, you, it seems like you focus on small businesses. So you've got the, the corporate, the big corporate background for 20 years and you, you found your niche with small business owners. I'm a small business owner and I was introduced to you by John Esperian because, you know, I'm also looking for, services to market myself and my services, but it's not about me, it's about you today. How do you help small business owners with, with Ken K marketing? Um, well, what I, I figured out through that time and working with other people, some of it was in big companies and others were, they weren't startups, but they were, they were startups that were established in a particular region and needed help expanding into new areas. So I gained insight from those experiences in understanding, you know, just the, you know, what it takes to actually not start a company, but expand into other areas. So I do have that various experience. And through that, I realized that when you work with big corporations, the change that you see needs to happen is more difficult to actually see happen. Because there's so many different layers, there's so many different personalities, it's a struggle. So I found that you can make greater impact and influence change more in smaller companies. Plus, they don't have the resources for, you know, dedicated marketing, dedicated sales, and all the different departments. So I wanted to offer my service to them because I thought that's where I could be of most service. Yeah. So talk to me about the term fractional CMO. What does that mean exactly? It's essentially just a part-time CMO resource. So it's ideal for small businesses because they typically don't have the budget to hire a full-time CMO. Right. But they need somebody who's actually leading their marketing initiatives, whether it's just the strategy or you know the actual implementation. So I've got the experience from top down and offering that as a part-time solution to those businesses, it's a win-win. So I get to work with companies who need my help but don't want to hire me as an actual full-time employee because sure. I want to continue you know, being in my business and running my business. Mm-hmm. And then I get to work with multiple 
companies as well. Cause it's not necessarily like part-time forever. It could be, I've worked with people just for a month on a particular project. So yeah. it just, it's more flexible. And it, to me, it just seems like a win-win for both me and the businesses that I'm helping. And on your, your LinkedIn page, you, you talk about customer avatars. How do you determine what that is for, let's say, a small business um, without giving your secret source away? You know, how, do you, <laughs> how, do you, how do you do that for a small to medium business so that they can expand into new markets? Yeah, so there's, a, I'll just keep it real brief at two points. If they're an established business, which most of the time they are, they have customers. So it's really digging into the data and identifying, first finding out from them, like, you know, out of all these customers, which one do you love working with the most? And then finding out what that criteria is. Is it because they're the most profitable because they were their very first customer? Is it because they buy multiple products? You know, whatever that, that situation is. Mm. And then identify all the other customers who fit that category or those criteria as well. Then you put them all into a bucket and this is one persona because they fit this criteria. Right. That's where I have them start. If their customers are all over the place or they haven't been in business very long, the, uh, the alternative is looking at who they want to be their ideal customer and having yeah. them define what that is and then doing the research. And that requires picking up the phone and having conversations, really in-depth conversations. So not just, you know, I'm in Ohio, like the Cincinnati, Ohio area. I don't want to just work with Cincinnati businesses. If I want to work with businesses across the world, then geography is not important to me. Yeah. The age of the person is not important to me. But what triggers them to search for my solutions is, or what keeps them up at night is because I have a solution for that. So I need to understand more the psychological aspect of it. And that's part of the questioning that I go into help them identify who their ideal customers are. You mentioned you pick up the phone. So am I right in assuming that you would, you would do some qualitative and quantitative research on, let's say, a target segment or an avatar of customers, maybe using LinkedIn Sales Navigator. I don't know if you use LinkedIn Sales Navigator or other tools. And then actually physically talk to a, a customer and understand what their business pains or what their gaps are? Yeah, exactly. So I don't use LinkedIn Navigator although I've, or Sales Navigator. I've heard great things about it. Um, but this is just more organic and doing the research online and finding that person who would be the ideal contact at a particular company and then actually picking up the phone and calling them. Yeah, and just letting them know up front this isn't a sales call. You know, we just think that you would be an ideal customer for you know, company ABC, mm. and you have a few minutes that I can ask you a couple of questions. That seems like a quite an interesting and a powerful service. It is. It's very time consuming. Um, there are some companies that believe in personas or, you know, identifying your ideal customers. And there's, you know, there's some that do and some that don't. Those that do see the value in it. And there's results published from all kinds of different resources that indicate when you have them identified, then your sales results are higher, your lead conversion rates are higher, your loyalty is higher, everything benefits from it. So there's a lot of reasons to do it. And I think the reasons why customers or companies don't want to do it is because it can become costly. It is time consuming and that may not be how they want to spend those, bu those budget dollars. No, I do, I do understand what it is. And, and for me, I'm just thinking from my, from my perspective as, as a small business owner, because I'm mm -hmm. 
also trying to expand my market and I'm, I'm what they call a hustler. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 So I, you know, all the clients that I've got, I've been through networks and, and just networking in my existing base, but and now I'm doing my website and I'm doing all of these cool things to systematize and mechanize my marketing. But, mm-hmm. you know, I've also been through this process now by asking the question like, okay, who is my customer? Who's my typical customer? Who should buy from me? And it's, it's a difficult question. And, and, you know, I'm thinking for myself, you know, that this could be possibly valuable to understand, you know, who, who are the, the ideal people to buy from me? Do you, do you go into any psycholo- like um, demographics, psychographics on, on people? Do you go to that level of detail? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. I think the psychographics is the most important. Um, if you're a local business and you want to stay local, then I, that obviously factors into it. And that's easy to find out up front. It's the psychographics piece that's not. And that's yeah. why it, it's more involving. And it, it does take some time. Okay. So with you, with your, um, I, I love that you're a hustler. And I saw that you're, you have a lot of inside sales experience and even offer inside sales or just sales type training, correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we have that in common. (laughs) (laughs) We have other things in common too, but we also have that in common. Um, And then you also do voiceovers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. With all kinds of different accents. So with that, I mean, right now, especially with more people becoming engaged virtually, which is what your podcast is all about, yeah. there are so many opportunities for doing voiceovers. It's just really diving into, you know, what are the reasons why somebody would need a voiceover? Where are they looking to find that? What type of person, you know, would be ideal for them to do a voiceover? Are they looking for, you know, product demos to post on their website or... Are they looking for YouTube videos that they're going to be posting for prospecting? Yeah. You know, are they wanting to teach other people how to do voiceovers? Like there's all kinds of different ways that you could take what you do and apply it. I mean, that's even beyond like, you know, Hollywood type movies that, you know, yeah. they need yeah. people to do voiceovers. <laughs> this summer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there could be more people, you know, right now who are actually, they found an opportunity or created a niche to you know, do those types of production and they might need a voiceover. So it's just really doing some research and and understanding, you know, who you want to work with and then just, you know, do the research to find out where you can find more people like that. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And in terms of your service, what you offer, are you mainly North America focused or are you globally focused? Um, I've worked with people in the U S and Canada and then also in Europe. So, um, yeah, I want to speak, I want to continue with like English speaking countries just because I don't know any other languages. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just easier for me. And then also when I look at time zones, um, I want to keep it pretty realistic. Although I didn't realize you being in South Africa that you're only six hours ahead of me, which is the same as like most, some parts of Europe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on GMT plus one. So central Europe, I'm the same. So France, Germany at the same time at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I've worked with um, a couple of people in Portugal and I think they're six hours ahead of me where I am. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. That's a, that's an interesting service. And I think it'll be very valuable for 
for, for, for companies, especially SMEs trying to expand. Talk to me a little bit about the marketing stream live on YouTube. Ah, my new live streaming show that I started about three months ago. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so I have been attending live streaming shows through people I know on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, you know, depending on where they are. And I saw the power of live interactions, Yeah, which to me is huge. So at first I was kind of like when the people were doing live streaming on LinkedIn, I'm like, I just don't see that I'll ever do that or like I would ever need that. Yeah. But then when you actually start to engage in those conversations and see the power of, you know, live questions being answered or, you know, being the first to hear about a new release because they shared a link during a live session, yeah. it's, it's pretty incredible. Mm. And I looked at what I had to offer and thinking through if someone comes to me and says, hey, Vicki, um, I want to go ahead and start doing some live shows. Do you have any experience with that? I don't want to say no. <laughs> like that's something that I wanted to have experience doing. And um, being in front of a camera, especially live, um, is a huge change, especially yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to really kind of get over an obstacle to being in front of the camera live, which is intimidating. And you're pretty much just being completely vulnerable because you don't know what's going to come at you. Yeah. And I, I was just wanting to do that. I wanted to kind of get past that and start understanding how the live streaming worked from behind the scenes so that if someone did say, Hey Vicki, I need you, your help with live streaming, then I had that experience to help them get set up and actually conduct a live stream video or interview or whatever they wanted to do and then how to market that afterwards. Okay. So I wanted to just, you know, add it to my, my blog, which is text podcasting, which is audio live streaming, which is video. Yeah. You sound like, it sounds like a sales course. It sounds like you're trying to sell me something. I'm joking. <laughs> I, I'm into Sorry, I need to take that hat off, don't no, I? I need to just no. put my conversation hat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I'm interested. Uh, like, you know, I believe what you're saying is right. You need to be able to serve, you know, different types of people, different types of things. You get readers, you get listeners, you get lookers. I think, yeah. you, I mean, you've, you've said in the pre-questionnaire, what's the one ninja tip that you can think of? And you said, learn or ask how a person prefers to communicate. And I thought mm -hmm. that, I thought that was quite prof profound. You know, mm -hmm. we're all different and some people like to read and look and you know, others like to talk. I'm, I'm more of a talker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You said you're the hustler. So you like to like to be able to talk to people. Yeah. I like, I, I just, you know, I'm also, I teach the voice and the power of the voice. and all. I love, I love that. And, you know, especially nowadays, especially with kids who are younger and you phone them and the phone rings and they look at it and they go, oh, this thing's ringing. What, what must I do with it now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, it's ringing. I've never heard that before. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to talk on it. No. We, no, I'm afraid. A lot of, I've got daughters who are, they're Gen Z, so they're 22 and almost 20. And even today, when I'm just like, hey, you need to call your, your grandfather, my dad, and wish him a happy birthday, they're like, can I text him? And I'm like, no. <laughs> he prefers a phone call, and plus he just got a smartphone, so he doesn't even know how to text. 
So the best thing to do is pick up the phone and actually call them. <laughs> They're yeah. like, well, if I get voicemail, what do I say? I'm like, oh, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk through this. <laughs> there was, I've, I've seen a picture. I don't know where it was. Or it was a video where uh, on, on YouTube where this grandfather or somebody gave these kids a, or they had this dial. Remember those old dial phones where you put your finger yeah. in and turn it? Yeah, I had one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they put this thing on the table and these kids were like, what the hell is that? How does it work? And they, yeah. were, they, they were picking it up like a monkey going, well, what, how does this thing, like poking it and saying like, how does this thing work? <laughs> Isn't that funny? I think my daughters would actually know now because they've heard me say it enough time. Or if I see one of those phones in a show, I'll be like, look, there's the phone. That's what I have. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you put your finger in and you have to dial it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, yeah. that's so fun. But I mean, for me, that's important, you know, to be able to create that relationship. And for me, I think voice and vocal connection is is quite strong and i think it's stronger than text personally uh, other people might disagree but that's my mm -hmm. that's my point of view yeah i i agree with you i think when you start with text whether it's you know texting on the phone or just like a blog post it's you're able to learn information you can go there you can find out what you need to and you can leave but if you want to have a more meaningful conversation then I think voice is important. And then video is even more important because then you can see facial yeah. expression, body yeah. language. And, but voice is extreme. It's kind of like the middle point and just kind of like the most critical piece because you can not only engage in a conversation, but you can better understand how they're responding. And you can hear in their voice if they're getting irritated or yeah. excited or yeah. you know they need to get off the phone or whatever. So, I mean, you yeah. know that better than I do with all of your experience. So. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with you. Voice is extremely important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And th I think that's why the marketing stream or, or the, the live streaming is so critical because you can really communicate openly and honestly with your body language, with, with your tone of voice, body language, tone of voice. All of those nonverbal cues are really telling the audience like, wow, Vicky's a lady you know, I can trust, I want to do business with her or, you know, she's telling me good things and it all kind of resonates with, with the audience. Yes, exactly. So it's, uh, so I did it for that purpose, but I didn't want to just like get on the live stream and just have a conversation. Like I wanted it to be more purposeful yeah. and so I've done different topics. I did a six week series on, um, creating content for each step of the customer journey. And that was, you know, there were six steps. So each week was a different step. And, you know, people could ask questions. They could download the document from there and follow along. So I created like worksheets that they could use to help them, you know, along you know, navigate the process. Mm -hmm. So it was, um, you know, it's, it's just an opportunity to not only like teach or, you know, inform, but engage. And my channel's not that big right now. I think right now I have like 62 subscribers, but it takes time just like any other platform and the more you do it and the more consistent you are just like on any other platform, then you'll, you'll start to see the, the network increase. Yeah. And do you have a, do you have a stream every week? Is it a weekly thing? Yeah, I do it every Wednesday at 12 PM Eastern time. So that would be 6 PM your time. Are you guys, or would that be 1800 hours? <laughs> 1800 to 6 PM. Yeah. So I didn't know if you did like the military time or if you did like 6 p.m. Yeah. We do both. 
Okay. <laughs> I did the conversion there. So I was like, was that right? 12 plus six? Yeah. Okay. 18. <laughs> 18 1800 hours plus that. That gives yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. So I do that every week. And then um, I wanted to grow my YouTube channel. And so I'm also uploading a video every week too. And it's on various marketing related topics or customer journey or sales. So I try and mix it up to give whoever visits something of value while they're there. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've had some, given the fact I've only got 62 subscribers, I've had, you know, a good number of views, likes, comments. So it's, it's going well. It's, it's getting there. <laughs> and any, any clients, customers? Not from there yet. Nope. Okay. Not yet. I've gotten, I've gotten clients from my podcast, which is more of an educational podcast. Right. My solo episodes are more me sharing my marketing and sales knowledge with other people. And then my interviews that I've had are people sharing how they connect the dots between marketing and sales in their business or in their industry. Okay. So different perspectives. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. And, and your solo podcasts, how long are they? Um, I decided to make them shorter this year. Um, just like what you and I were talking about earlier is that if they can be shorter nuggets of information, that's better. So they used to go like, you know, 30, 40 minutes. And then I decided to scale them back. So they're anywhere from, I, I try to keep them under 20, but they're typically like 10 to 15 minutes. Okay. Okay. That's, that's nice, short, sharp, and powerful. Yes. It okay. takes too long to get one. All right. So you've got, you've got the podcast. What is your podcast called? It's called Connect the Dots. Connect the Dots. And it's on all yeah. podcasting platforms? It is. It's on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. It's probably on other ones too, but those are the ones that I know for sure that it's on. Okay. And your live streaming channel is called The What? Um, it's called The Marketing Stream, but it's under my name, Vicki O'Neill. Yeah, okay. so they can find it through that. Okay. And if... So in, in wrap up or in closing, who are the ideal clients that you, you know, who's your ideal customer avatar and how can people get in touch with you, work with you, engage with you? So my ideal customer, one of them is Savvy Sarah. So it is a female business owner of a small business and has been in business for at least five years, has a staff you know, of like maybe five or six people and has really, you know, plateaued in their business and needs help growing. So um, that's one. And then the counterpart to that would be Savvy Sam, the, the uh, male side of that, same thing. Um, and then people can get in contact with me if they want to go to my website. All of my social platforms are there in the footer. So vickyoneal.com. Okay. And then I'm on, I'm on all the social platforms. Most of them are under Vicki O'Neill, except for Facebook. It's Vicki O'Neill com. Okay. O'Neill is O-N-I-E-L-L. -L. Uh, it's O-N-E-I-L-L. -L. Okay. Yep. That's and then Vicki's V-I-C-K-I. Cool. Vicki. Okay, cool. Anything else you'd like to say in closing, Vicki, to your, your likely customer avatars listening to this show? No, I don't think so. But I am extremely grateful for you having me on your show and this opportunity to share information with your audience. So yeah. thank you very much for that. I appreciate it.
No, thanks very much for, for being such a gracious guest. I think what you're doing is, is really cool. The customer avatar, I'm interested, so we're going to talk afterwards. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> thanks a lot, Vicky. All right, thank you so much, Alistair. Cheers, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. For more episodes, please listen on any one of your favorite podcasting channels like iTunes, Spotify, or Anchor.fm. If you would like to be interviewed or need more information, please email me at alistair at jabber.io. That's A-L-I-S-T-A-I-R at J-A-B-B-A dot I-O. Cheers.